Sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, so now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh my god. The moral is you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Because I'm about to put on a show. And the Oscar for Australia's most mediocre podcast goes to... Good Pop, Bad Pop! Thank you, thank you. Mediocre's better than bad. I suppose. Well, it's not terrible. Just means we'll be forgotten. you got to be really good or really bad to be remembered. Mm, that's true. That's true. Anyway, you are here with us <laughs> on episode 24 of Good Pop, Bad Pop with MNT. We're optimistic. Are we, though? <laughs> I might be. What's been going on? Um, not much. Watched a couple movies, watched mm-hmm. some TV, flicked through some news, The Usual. Yeah. Um, binged Umbrella Academy, which will be our main review of the day. Yes, yes. And we will do that last as a result, so mm-hmm. we can talk about that. A um, bit of superhero fatigue going on. Mm-hmm. It's all superheroes now. If you recall, I reviewed Titans the other day. Yep. And then went straight from that to Umbrella Academy. And now I'm told I have to watch Doom Patrol. Correct. <laughs> um, it's a lot of superheroes. Well, there always is. I think we're just getting a, a new wave coming in. All the other ones are sort of wrapping up interest-wise. Hmm. So bring on the new. I'm a bit sick of my CW ones, to be honest. So I've put them in the box. Done with them. I don't mind uh, breaking into some new things. Uh, what else have you been watching, playing, doing? All right. So first one I watched this week. Uh, if you recall last week, we talked about bad movies and I thought I should watch one of these old ones I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I flicked on Plan 9 from Out of Space from the 1950s by famous director Ed Wood. If and I had I... drank every time in that opening sequence where that guy says friends, I would be dead. Yeah, they're really big on the narrator mm-hmm. in the movies back then. Mm-hmm. Um and when I say famous director, Ed Wood is famous for being the worst director of all time. Like, actually, his title. Um, yeah, lots of um, narrator just talking. Little did they know that meanwhile... like And so... Dear friends, we will now unveil the events of that night. My friends. That's so weird. Yeah, um, nine. I got halfway through it before I canned it. Yeah, I got a real kick out of the um, flying saucers on string. <laughs> That was really good. And oh, whoever wrote the dialogue was not very good at writing dialogue. (laughs) I think there are a lot of problems. Why pick it just one? (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't... The novelty wore off and it wasn't as entertaining front to back Mm -hmm. like a modern bad movie, but yeah, good good laugh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I dug a bit deep into the catalogue. I'm meaning to rewatch Don't Mess With The Zohan. Wow. Starring Adam Sandler. Are you the first person to watch that again? Or... <laughs> well, I've, I have infinite rope for anything Judd Apatow is involved with. So mm-hmm. when Judd Apatow started working with Adam Sandler, this was the greatest thing in the world to me. Um, so, you know, Funny People is one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies, which is probably controversial. Um, Still baffles me. <laughs> sorry, we watched Sohan. Because I remember watching it being like, I don't quite get this. I will review this later on and this movie came out in 2008 so it's been 11 years later and i've decided to watch it and i still don't know what (laughs) this movie 
is about. I don't think people who are in that movie know what it was about. Actually, that's not true. It's just about a guy who just wanted to make people with silky smooth. Right. So if you haven't seen this movie, you could probably miss it. But um, <laughs> Adam Sandler plays a Israeli counterintelligence spy, James Bond type. And he's sick of war. He wants to retire and move to America. And he's really fascinated with cutting hair. He wants to become a hairdresser and stylist. And, you know, fish out of water story. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, an Israeli guy living in New York. Comedy ensues. Mm-hmm. Now, what was so weird about this movie is the real emphasis on the Israel v. Palestine conflict. Mm-hmm. Now, I know very little about it. And I would posit that your average average Adam Sandler fan doesn't know a lot about it too. Yet they really sort of go into it a bit. And the whole movie is done with, um, you know, Hebrew accents, uh, like Middle Eastern sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, and they're not, I felt like they can go in one direction, like Borat style, go really big over the top. But they didn't. It was really kind of subtle and they were kind of, I don't know. I need someone. I don't to... know that I would call those accents subtle. <laughs> I need someone to tell me if it was racist or not. Like all the characters were cab drivers or worked in electronic stores. They all loved hummus. And, mm-hmm. and like, is this was this cool? This was only ten years ago. I mean, they've got Rob Schneider in what I'm pretty sure is blackface. He did look awfully tanned. You know, <laughs> but that was the only part that I thought was probably racist because, <laughs> um. The actors, and I don't know how many of the writers, but, you know, a lot of the writers are Jewish, portraying, you know, um, old country stuff. So I think that's okay. I don't think that it's particular. Like, it's in good jest if it's your own culture. If it was white people who made this movie, I would think very differently. (laughs) I I just challenge that it wasn't a movie made by white people. (laughs) Um, so they've got this street, and they've got the um, Palestine on one side and Israel on the other side. And they all run electronic stores, but they all you know have beef because of the war mm. kind of thing. And they're united at the end when an American capitalist who buys the building comes out. So they unite to beat up the white American guy. And it, the character was played by the guy who does the um, boxing voiceovers. Like, let's get ready to rumble! Like, the most oh. iconic American voice ever. I did not know that that's what he was from. Ah. I'm pretty sure it was that guy. Yeah, it was definitely that guy. But what kind of message was that? Like, oh, we're going to team up and take down the American capitalist thing. I don't know. It seemed like a bit propagandary to me. I, oh, I don't think so. I, no, not in an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> and that's I think, what I mean. I this think is an Adam Sandler movie. I think it's more just they wanted to take down the man. They're all just trying to, you know, they're all migrants just trying to run their small family businesses. <laughs> this is more... Okay, if you want to really get into the sociology of this, this is more a um, issue of power and capitalization. So that's what I think, rather than other stuff. I'm just fascinated that all these things run out of Sandler movie. Mm. But um, yeah, so rewatch that. I can't recommend it. It wasn't very good. No, I still um, didn't like it. <laughs> but it's like with a lot of Apatow things that he makes that are bad, you kind of want to peer behind the curtain and understand why they should be good. Mm. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, they're the only things I watched this week. All my other stuff is news headlines. What mm-hmm. else have, have you been watching this week? Um, I want to talk briefly about, um, just in a, in a spot of news, first of all, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has been renewed for season seven. Nine-Nine. Exciting stuff. Twit. Big pot indeed. 
Detroit Nups. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. So that's very exciting. Very happy about that. Um, and, and this week's episode was a really hard-hitting one. So I, I like that at least once a season lately, they're really digging into social issues. So um, Yeah, that's right. We won't get too much into the specifics of the plot of this. It's not really a spoiler because it's an episode of the week type stuff. But they really tackled the issue of... Um, like sexual harassment in the workplace and all the different facets about that. Like, do you report? Do you not report? What happens to the person? What happens to the workplace? What are colleagues doing? So on and so on. And they did an amazing job of exploring every single part of that. Um, not just from victims' perspectives, but even Jake sitting there listening to this yeah. conversation, who was just like, ah, and just sort of going back and forth as to, you know, do I comment? Do I not comment? I'm just going to sit. I'm just going to actively listen. And it was great. All of it was great. Um, very much like the episode with um, Terry Crews and the whole racism thing when he got pulled up by a white cop on his street in an earlier season. So very similar vibe to that and just did a great job of thoroughly investigating like a really serious issue but still making a great toit episode toit mm. it, it was good they had um santiago and rosa sort of debating what to do in this situation mm. and it was like really good and that was the one where it was funny that jake's like involved but he's like oh i shouldn't you know i'll just sit here and listen i'm not part of this and yeah like i put it up on that tier with that um terry cruz episode mm. with the um roadside profiling thing and it was really good and the renewal of the season was like so obvious so because they've gone off to what network are they even on now um (laughs) well they were on fox weren't they yeah so now they're on nbc or abc i always get nbc and abc confused pretty sure it's nbc and they've gotten a a little bit more rope in terms of the rating and they're they're on a slightly later time slot i think yeah and they're allowed to play with that a bit more and they're also moving into a bit more creative direction there's a lot of um flashback episodes and theme episodes mm-hmm. and this season's been top notch like yeah, every episode's been, really, been a ride really and been really good so renewal was a slam dunk mm. like this is well it's only quarter over half over but this has been the strongest run of episodes which is amazing for a season six of a show yeah like normally you get to season five six and it starts to not season six it always starts to dip down a little but this is just going up it's mm. only up and up I think um, the network saving them was a fantastic choice. And every, like, don't get me wrong, there is no bad or even average episode of Brooklyn. But this whole season's just been, like, so perfectly fine-tuned and well-crafted. And it's just solid. Everyone's getting their time. And, mm. yeah, so that that renewal, is a, that's good news. Yeah. Um, speaking of renewals, announcements mm-hmm. and stuff. So, moving into the news headlines. Yeah. Uh, the new Pokemon game has been announced. Mm, Pokemon Sword, Pokemon Shield. Of, of new Pokemon. Now, I, I haven't... I'm a big Gen 1 diehard. I had two mm-hmm. of them. Um, I had yellow and blue. My best mate had red. Yeah. That was all by design. And I've come back at it, but I'm not really a handheld person so i've not been able to get fully into pokemon Mm. uh watching that trailer once they had the metal intro like a heavy metal version of the intro music from the original game freak intro i was like sold i'm like oh do i like (laughs) i had a yellow game boy color that went pikachu when you turned it on ah cute oh my god i had that same one that was (laughs) my second game boy right so 
I don't know. I have to get a Switch. Have you looked at the the three starter Pokemon that you can get? I have, and mm-hmm. I've got a quick rundown. I just had a quick look now. Great. And it took me a little while to type them in. It's as if these aren't real words. Um, <laughs> we have Grookey. Yep. The plant monkey. Yeah, I hate that monkey. It's dumb. Score bunny, which as you can imagine is a fire bunny. Score bunny's my favorite. And there's really timid tadpole thing called Sobble. Yeah. Sobble, the timid tadpole, probably a ghost type or something later on. Mm. hope they're not all just fighting types. That happened when I played another one a bit later. Everything just turned into fighting. Lame. So what's your pick? Who would you start with? I like Score Bunny. Yeah, Score Bunny. Yeah, he's just like, so cute. Had fire feet and ran around and stuff. Yeah, he's precious. <laughs> but um, destroy everyone. But I like my fire types because I always like starting with Charmander myself. So mm. I was a Squirtle guy, OG. Yeah. Uh, Blastoise was my main squeeze. <laughs> I refuse to let my Charmander evolve. <laughs> oh really? He was too cute. <laughs> he turns into a fire dragon. Yeah, but he's less cute then. All right. He just gets all the same powers while he's still like. You know, two foot tall, going mm. Charmander. <laughs> it's maybe, amazing. Maybe I'll use my um, flat points and get a switch. Ooh, um, that's exciting. Mm. There's also some debate though that they like everyone likes the familiar, but they're not messing with the formula enough. Okay. Like it's going to be the exact same Pokemon game you played or running on eighteen times now. Is it at least different places? Yeah, it's a different um, uh, continent. They're all in islands. Okay, cool. Because I loved OG. I had blue. Um, but then when I got yellow, I was super excited, but really pissed off because it was exactly the, the same game. But just with Pikachu, I'm like, well, fuck this. I'm out. And didn't buy another Pokemon game. That, that, that would have been, um, yeah, that would have been hurt. That would have hurt if you didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't have a whole lot of internet then, so um, I guess I missed buying that issue of the magazine at EB Games. The one I got burned on, because I bought Yellow, because it was the hip new thing, came with the Game Boy. Did you and not have OG? I had Blue. Okay. My friend had Red. Mm-hmm. But if you had Blue and Yellow, you still didn't have access to all of them. Yeah. Not that I was in the realm of collecting 151, but um, uh-huh. I had number 151, but I didn't have a lot of the others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I couldn't. Without trading and stuff, mm. but yeah, so that was a bummer. Anyway, damn, Pokemon season begins. We've just finished our run of is it Sun and Moon? Actually, I did play some Sun and Moon. I borrowed my little sister's Game Boy and you played did. some. Got most of the way through Sun. I didn't finish it. Really should. Were they the last ones? I thought there was another one after that. Ah, oh, there was Ultra Sun and Super Moon. I don't know. Oh, they okay. they have the primo deluxe versions of the right. same thing. I'm very behind my Pokemon. Like I'm. 151 or I was meant to dive back in because I was at a EB game store and mm-hmm. they just had a card at the front. Hey, he's a code for That's a right, yeah. fighting ghost type or something. And I chucked that in my game and it was sweet. But I haven't mm. gone back to play it. Anyway, we, we could talk about Pokemon all day. We could. And we, we'll later. <laughs> yeah, when we when it's time to review um, <laughs> Detective Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, um, Gearbox has a session at PAX. Rumors are they so might be excited. Might be announcing Borderlands Three. They got to be because they're talking about how they're going to be announcing a highly anticipated game, and I'm pretty sure no one's highly anticipating Battleborn Two. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a dud! Ooh. I didn't even play it. I was so excited for that, and then it was like, oh, it's purely just like the arena battling. I'm like, oh. pass. Um, and he was the 
oh, I don't know his name. The Gearbox guy <laughs> was in a Mr. In a, Gearbox. Mr. Gearbox. Mr. <laughs> Boxed. Um, Mr. Gearbox is my an, father. In a interview, said that ninety percent of the team are working on the game you want them to be working on. Yes. Oh my god. So tell me how you feel about Borderlands, Em. I'm very excited. Borderlands 2 is my favourite game. Favourite all-time game. It was a masterpiece, wasn't it? Oh, it's a, it, and I just want to play it all the time. Like, I've finished it, what, two, twice now? We've we've gone through it. And just to... And I'm still like, whenever you go, do you want to play a game? I'm like, how about Borderlands? <laughs> I'd let you, if you picked a new character, you no. did a second run-through with the same character. But I used a different talent tree, so... I feel changed. What can I say? Uh, it's a shame because there was pre-sequel, which is the Australian-based one, and that was fun. But it was a real chore to get around. I couldn't. Mm. I couldn't stick to it. it. Made me annoyed. It wasn't like Borderlands Two was just. It's not linear, but it just perfectly fed you from bit to bit. Mm, You'd go to a hub so. and do an area, and you could just go to where you wanted. I do get the shits with the back and forth sometimes because I'm like, oh, I've already been here and killed everyone. But you know, <laughs> I do it because. I so that'll be big news, mm. and I'm going to be a big player of that. Well, I'm taking like a month off work when that game comes out and be like, sorry, not leaving. It's Borderlands 3 time, biatch. And when, and when that comes, you, loyal listeners, we're going to four-player it, so we need two friends. Yeah. Come play Borderlands 3 with M&T. Yes, yes, yes. We will take requests. Yeah. That'd be really fun. Um, Although, well, speaking of Borderlands, and I'm just going to return to my most annoying thing of the last year or so, still really pissed that I'm not going to get more Tales of the Borderlands from Telltale. Thanks, <laughs> Telltale, you dickheads. Because that was, like, top three Telltale games. <laughs> there were a lot of them. Yeah. So, disappointed. Anyway, continue. <laughs> So, exciting times there. Yes. Um, it's actually going to be... Borderlands 3 probably wouldn't be this year. That'd be 2020. But this year, we've got a Days Gone coming out soon. Uh, they've speculated a date, I think it was October, for Last of Us 2. Oh, that'd be pretty good. So, for your PlayStation zombie exclusives. I don't know if Days Gone is going to be an exclusive. Maybe it is. I don't think it is. That one's not? Okay. Well, I don't know, but I, I don't recall seeing it. Hmm. So, that'll be... It's going to be a good year for games. Mm. We just hit 10 million units sold from Horizon Zero Dawn, nice. another favorite of mine. Still need to play that. Need to yep. play a lot of things. Need to play a lot of things. Oh, I'm so behind. But, because um, every time I'm like, I'm going to play Borderlands. Yeah, I'm, I feel a bit guilty because my free gaming time now is going to uh, Witcher. And I'm like, oh. Is that a new game? I've not heard you talk about it. No, that. no, no. But I mean, I feel bad that I'm not getting anything new out of this experience. I just wanted to play it again. You just enjoy it. it feels like home. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I should be playing new stuff. Like, no one on the pod wants to hear me talk about The Witcher anymore. <laughs> but oh, when I finish it. I don't hear you talk about The Witcher anymore. That's not true. I need playing it again to do the other DLCs. Yeah, but I, because, I probably should have um, just done that directly instead of playing the well, whole game. It's a probably. big game. But because... Um, What's the big one called again? The big DLC of it? Blood and Wine. Yes. Isn't well, that meant to be... Uh, one of them. Isn't one of them meant to be like a whole game in itself, pretty much? Like it's huge. Oh, they both are. They're... Some people say that... Anyway, I'm... yes. <laughs> I'm banned from talking about this in detail. <laughs> I might even review it when it's done. <laughs> How would you like a review of a four-year-old game? Oh. Um, 
moving on. Well, you just gave a review of like a 14-year-old movies. <laughs> 10-year-old movie. And I have questions. What's going on with the Zohan? Who, like, who's watching this being like, yes, the geopolitical consequences of the Israel... Po-. Anyway. <laughs> Announced a sequel for Edge of Tomorrow. Have you seen Edge of Tomorrow? Um, I was thinking about all the Tomorrow movies I've seen. Tomorrow no, again. No, 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 no. The, Day after uh, tomorrow. This is a Tom Cruise movie. Oh, look, I think so. But any mo- anyone that's got the word tomorrow, they're all the same movie. Except for Tomorrow War. I maintain they should have kept the original title. So Edge of Tomorrow, a movie starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, um, was based off, a, I think it was a Japanese comic, and it was called All You Need Is Kill. See, I'd watch that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they changed it to the much vaguer title of Edge of Tomorrow. Lame. That, that was an interesting year for Cruz because he released that one and he released mm-hmm. another one called Oblivion. And Oblivion right. was another post-apocalyptic war thing. Yawn. God, I'm jack of apocalypse movies. And Ugh. Oblivion was awful. It's the new zombie. <laughs> but this one was really good. Right. And Cruz is coming back. Emily Blunt's coming back. I can't care about it, so... All right, well... <laughs> I do. Well, if you're looking forward to it, then you'll just have to give us a review. It sounds like a good plane reviews movie. Yeah, maybe. Plane reviews. I do have some flying this week. I might have a few new plane reviews for you, if the flights are long enough. Um, The new Bond villain, Rami Malek. Oh, really? Recently winning an Oscar for um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. He will never top his acting role in Until Dawn, though. Yeah, accurate. (laughs) Some solid acting. Yep. Watched him get fish hooked. Was disturbing. No, he wasn't the one who got fish hooked. He's the one who got chainsawed in half. Ah. Well, depends how you play the the game, I guess. (laughs) No, he always gets. Anyway, I won't spoil that. But play until dawn if you want to see Oscar winner Mm. Rami Malik (laughs) in a horror movie. Um, Suicide Squad or Suicide Squatter (laughs) or Two Suicide, Two Squad. Everyone. See, people are spending more effort arguing about what to name Suicide Squad 2 than anything about Suicide Squad. Because it's going to be the most interesting part about Suicide Squad. I like Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that's, that's decent. Suicide Squatter sounds weird. Suicide. Or Twad. Two Suicide. Two Squad. Can we put someone called Todd in it? Uh, yeah, Will Smith's not coming back for that, so. Suicide Squads, like Aliens, the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yes, anyway, the point was, Will Smith has, is not signing on. And people are like, who the hell is going to be in this movie? Everyone else in that movie is either dead or left or... Actually, Vi- Viola Davis is coming back to Ooh. be the boss. Well, I love her and everything, yeah. so... Emma um, approved. <laughs> so it's just going to be the Margot Robbie show. Well, look, that's all people wanted to see, really, anyway. <sighs> like, Will Smith tried his best, but there was only so much he could do given the circumstance. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I don't take it personally that he was like, no. Someone pointed out uh, that did a record of Will Smith's decisions regarding movies. If mm. you like last week, we talked about how he knocked back the matrix mm. for Wild Wild, West. Wild Wild West. He also knocked back Django Unchained mm. and he's had a few, um, miscalculations so people are like oh james gunn on suicide squad um 
Will Smith knocking it back. These usually mean good movies. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Guess we'll see. I'm not going to see. I no. cannot. <laughs> like, I cannot foresee a universe when I would give that a sequel to that movie money. Even if it's amazing, I will still wait. Suicide Squad was the worst thing I've ever seen. It was very bad. Like, not even just camp bad, like BBS, but just the worst. It was very bad. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that today. No. Um, that's all my news stories. You got any reviews for me, Em? I have a few reviews for you today. What have you so, been watching? Um, I'm going to probably get into those in a moment. Do you have any other news points? Is that all you No, news? that's all my stuff. Okay. Well, um, well, actually, before we get into reviews, can we briefly talk about Oscars? Oh, we, we did. Have talk- to. Yes, we do. <laughs> I'm afraid we can't avoid it. So we did talk a little bit about Oscars last week. Um, very glad to see that Into the Spider-Verse got best animation. Mm. Um, would have been robbed if it was anything else. Um, now, the the one that was best film was a little controversial. Green Book. Green Book, that's the one. Um, I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Heard I'm, it's a piece of crap, though. I'm so. <laughs> looking forward to what you're going to say about it. Yeah. I feel um, like... We're not that bad that we're going to shred movies we haven't seen. Well, look, I'm not afraid to be judgmental. <laughs> so um, didn't you say that it was like the opposite of Driving Miss Daisy? Or it's like the movie equivalent of saying I have a black friend. Right. So I went to black Twitter to like that's a Reddit thread. Oh, okay. I'm I... like, oh, <laughs> wha- where are you going? <laughs> There's a Reddit thread called black Twitter where right. they... It's exactly what it sounds like. Okay. And um, they thought the general consensus from a few of the celebrities who were there, mm-hmm. um, Spike Jones, and, yeah, Spike Jones and Peel, or is it Keenan? You know, get out that guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the consensus was there was very nuanced movies, mm-hmm. including Black Klansman and one other one, mm. and that. The Green Book is the equivalent of um, the white guy going, I have a black friend. Yeah. And yeah, it's the movie equivalent of, oh, here's that one time I met a black guy from the perspective of the white guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, And because of that, I feel like for whatever reason, a bunch of old white dudes were like, yes, this is the best film. But to compensate, we'll give two awards to Black Panther. Yeah. And, And I really feel that's legitimately why they made those decisions. Because like I liked Black Panther don't know that i would say that the score for it warranted right so it was very right place right time people trying to i don't know overcompensate for the whiteness of hollywood yeah yeah the whiteness and and straightness of hollywood well yeah Uh, that's the next one yeah so um bohemian rhapsody won one or two they got best actor for rami malek yeah was that it didn't they win a couple oh they got best editing which right. was a weird one because ever like ever I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody either, no. but since they won Best Editing, everyone's been posting scenes of the movie that were shittily edited, right? And everyone's like, w- "Is it just because they made a music clip at the end? Like, is that mm, what you think like... editing is?" And yeah, mm, so um, like I have heard a lot of mixed reviews about Bohemian Rhapsody, and do look forward to seeing it at some point. I think it's very easy to fall in love with it because of the topic matter. Um, but if you're very into the topic matter, then you will see that it is very straight washed and very, is it very whitewashed as well? I can't remember if I read that. This is all based off stuff I've read because I have not seen it. 
Um, but back to war. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but I will happily agree with uh, those sentiments. <laughs> so yeah, I do feel like they had a a few. So we should watch. Well, like, yeah. I, and I'm not like I'm sure that Rami Malek did a great job, but um, they did write scenes in a way that were more suggestive rather than oh, this is actually how he was. Like they did leave out a lot of details and merged a few details for um, visual purposes. They wanted to make it more of a family-friendly movie than an accurate uh, biopic. So, And there's this sentiment, and I would wholly agree with it because my movie taste is shit, so I'm never represented at the Oscars. Um, <laughs> Hollywood isn't representative of the average movie. It's like, I mean... If you want to go that route, what are what are people watching? And mm. they're watching whatever Disney puts out that week. Well, like I said last week, they were going to have almost like a most popular category that was pitched, but then they took that out. So, but anyway, I won't get into that because we covered that last week. So we're going to decide whether we want to sit through Green Book, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, uh, Beale Street. What else we got? So Black Panther got best costume. Uh, Did Roma. they have best costume? Like it was, it was pretty good. But I, I can't think what else. What else came out that was? Um... Well, they had the nice hybrid um, kind of African tribal merged with the technology. Yeah, which was very cool. Which was very cool. I liked yeah. that. So maybe that is warranted. But I feel like something else came out that had good costumes. Yeah, I can't think what it is though. Not Holmes and Watson. <laughs> That's for sure. Was it even nominated? I don't think so. Robbed. <laughs> um, makeup and hair, Winter Vice, film editing, Rhapsody, mm, 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 mm. Um, cinematography, Winter Roma, um, and, and Lady Gaga won an award as well for best original song for Shallow. Mm. So that's um pretty exciting. So good on her. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up our Oscar <laughs> news for what it's worth. Here are the winners. We've seen one of them. Yep. M&T bring you <laughs> award-winning cinema. Um, sound now, more, more reviews of Zohan. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I feel yeah. like we would not be very good official film critics. This is no. why we don't get invitations to festivals. We're, we're, we're pop culture, <laughs> not good culture. That's right. <laughs> What's popular is never good. That's, like, that's right. What did you find more interesting today? My Our third-hand <laughs> cultural analysis of Green Book <laughs> or my review of Zohan? <laughs> Answer, honestly. All right, moving on from the Oscars. Okay. What else have you been watching? Uh, well, I do have two small reviews to, to make after the break. And I'll also You have... think you have a whole segment? Uh, yeah, well, I like to separate mine. Thank you very much. Also, have we talked about that solid movie that we saw recently? Um, Mystery <laughs> Party? Is it Mystery Party? Oh, the... Um... Donald Glover one. Yeah. Mystery Team. Mystery Team. Mystery Team. Did we review that? Because we should. I don't remember. No, I don't think we did. All right, great. Well, let's talk about that after my other two. Hold up. Okay. Did we? I don't I don't think so because we... I don't want to review it twice. Um, no, we. I'm pretty sure that we haven't talked about it. <laughs> Either way. Apologies to our four listeners <laughs> if we review this twice. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it again. It'll be short, but it'll be good times. Uh, after the break, I have two fun reviews because I have been living off uh, streaming services. So, review for a, a Netflix show and a stand show coming up after the break. Welcome back. You're here with M&T. Two and reviews. Of movies we saw 
on the internet. But also reviews of ones we haven't seen but read about that were shit. Duh. But not above it. <laughs> I mean, so our next segment, we're just going to read tweets of other people. <laughs> people would like it. It's like audio Twitch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get back into clickbait. Oh. What? <laughs> our fifth review will blow your mind. Uh Anyway, so this, uh, the last couple of weeks I've been watching uh, a lot of television. I'm going to start with my review that I did talk briefly about that I may have started. So I think I started by saying I've watched an episode of Pen15 or Penis or however you wish to say that. Um, I at least talked about it in our What We're Looking Forward To in 2019. Um, so it's created by Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle um, and produced by the Lonely Island Boys. So that was pretty exciting. That's what sort of piqued my interest, I read. Produced by Lonely Island, a.k.a. Andy Samberg and Friends. And it stars two adults acting as 13-year-olds. And I was like, okay, great. This is going to be very um, Wet Hot American Summer. So I was in. Plus also it's set in the year 2000. So hello, I'm there. So I watched this. You saw one or two episodes. I got through two episodes, and that was a bit much for you because because well, um... the, the adult ladies, like how old's the older one? Um, whatever. It was a forty-year-old playing a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, and she was going on a date with like an eight-year-old, and it was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, this is like, it's funny but cringe, uncomfortable. Not funny. It was a bit much for you. So that was probably as cringy as it got. Um, they do, the characters do make out, but there's stunt doubles, so there's nothing <laughs> creepy going like on. Kiss doubles, so it's not like yeah, and it's pedophilia. Like, it's these weird close-ups of mouths, and like they clearly have <laughs> facial hair. <laughs> but it all kind of like adds to the hilarity of it. Like oh. that is clearly not a child. <laughs> so they stunt doubled the young kid into a grown-up. Yeah, right. Okay, that, I guess that out. makes more sense. In my head, I imagined just like stunt doubling a kid to make out with the other kid. No. Yeah. That would be... <laughs> That's even weirder. Like, not good. <laughs> I was just trying to get the the pedophile out of there. Right. Okay. <laughs> what was my... How I was trying to approach yeah, that. Definitely stunt doubled mouths. <laughs> um, so, like, that, those are the parts that are weird, I guess. Um, I was a bit disappointed that it wasn't Wet Hot American summary enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, half the fun is seeing, uh, like full-blown adults like 30 and 40 year olds pretending to be teenagers and like you just didn't notice after all they kind of blended in really well uh like especially Maya Erskine like or Erskine she did a great job of being because she's um Japanese I'm not sure of her background she is I think she was the Japanese one and so she looked well she's Asian I don't know she's Japanese she looked 13 forever until they turned 60 I guess so so (laughs) Um, anyway, so then they gave braces to Anna Conkle because she did look older. So they're like, go, give you braces, make you look younger. Uh, but yeah, you do sort of stop noticing after a while. Um, sure it's like meth head Barbie. Oh, savage. Um, I wouldn't say that. Uh, anyway, I watched more episodes than you. So it's set in middle school. Um, so like I said, played along 13 year olds. Um, a couple of really good highlights that I did pull from this. First of all outfits for days like the the 2000s fashion was 
was good. <laughs> it was very, very peak. Because this was about the same time that I would have, oh, I would have been about 14. So it was very, um, very nostalgic for me. Great soundtrack, OBS. Um, what else? Oh, yes, the two good episodes that I really liked about this is that there was a whole episode about, like, sort of discovering your body and masturbation and things like that. And it was a little, like, a little visual, and I was like, oh, hey, okay, we're doing this. Um, and I was like, okay, I see we did this for this character because she is an adult and we can do that. <laughs> so that, that sort of made it okay. And so because they had two adults in it, they made it a bit easier to show some of the more, like, visceral parts of being a teenager. And so that sort of was very big mouth and theme to me, so I kind of liked that sort of thing. I think they did a really good job at that. And the other episode, which is, um, no, that was that a whole episode? Yes. Um, it had other weird subplots in there. Um, but there was a great episode all about AIM, so AOL Instant Messenger, if you are old enough to have used that. Um, fantastic episode. Like, if you saw that and watched this episode, you're going to be like, holy shit, that was my life. The whole excitement of someone coming online and developing, like, who is this person? And there were all these weird chat rooms and stuff. And it was just, it, it really tickled my buttons <laughs> as someone who who uh, who grew up on ICQ and AIM. So that was very exciting. What year is those two? I, I was on MSN. Oh, God. Way to be late to the party. <laughs> that was, like, the last one you got on I was on busy TV. dating girls in real life, thank you very much. <laughs> well, at that age, you probably weren't. Um, so ICQ <laughs> was first, then AIM then MSN, because everyone would be like, I don't want to go to AIM, I'm on ICQ. And then everyone would be like, I'm not going on MSN, I'm on AIM. <laughs> My dad used M- uh, MSQ. Would you like to try that again? Um, ICQ. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that was the one. Uh... He'd hog the computer, and I'd be like, oh, is there an ICQ not? And he thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. An ICQ not? Yeah, like ICQ. I seek you right didn't you know what that what icq meant yeah but i was just confused by our statement i was thinking like a like i said i seek you not as in go away right t wants to use the dial up <laughs> uh, <laughs> to download like star wars pictures yeah of course so my story about dating is full of holes <laughs> <laughs> yes it is nice try <laughs> i had so many star wars pictures also like on that note like what was your first Username, I guess it would have been for MSN, so it was probably a bit more. Um, it was big to use song lyrics for a whole. Oh, yeah, right, okay, because MSN was different anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's so boring, okay. Well... And you had a, like before emojis, you had to build them yourself out of mm. ASCII, yeah, <laughs> and you'd make stars and stuff, and still do probably have um, Nirvana lyrics for something, all right. Well, from all apologies, that's boring and a whole other type of um phase so anyway before then you would have a username and they were almost always embarrassing so my very first username was hot chili because that was just <laughs> the brand of my kmart bag and i was like i have red hair cool didn't realize that that would attract a lot of creeps had a lot of pedos i <laughs> know <laughs> uh, a few we, after we... that i then changed it to pikachu with a series of numbers and had slightly less creepy people <laughs> Surprisingly, was, no Pokemon fans. I don't know anyway. Slayer 2000 and a Hoover's Tank Forever. <laughs> what else was there? There's always, uh, always some. So they were my uh, first two 
So uh, please, listeners, tell us your embarrassing early handles, preferably if they're on AIM or ICQ, just for like extra status points. So send us a tweet, goodpop underscore badpop. What was your embarrassing uh, instant messenger handle? We want to know. Anyway, so that episode was just fantastic. And, you know, one of the characters meets this mystery guy who's got abs and is a IT guy or some crap. I don't know. It's, it's and it's all... also eight. Um, well, spoils ears. I'm not giving that away. Right. Um, but fantastic episode. I really loved it. And, you know, the whole yelling at your parents like, oh, I'm just trying to talk to my friends. Get off the phone. And that's another one of my favorite things about this show is just how much they yell at their parents. Like, it's so 13-year-old teenagers being like, oh, my God, you're so embarrassing. And I love it. It was uh, fantastic. Um, so aside from that one, the other episode that I really loved is they had a surprisingly insightful episode about racism um, because Maya is uh, of an Asian background from her mother. Yeah, her mother. And she's in this, like, school play or something. Like, she's got to make this video for class and... They're all playing the Spice Girls and everyone either tries to make her Scary Spice or a, um, like a butler <laughs> and, and they sort of pressure her into making like this really Asian accent and after a while they're like, oh wait, this is really racist and so she's trying to come to terms with that and then her BFF Anna's like, oh my god, that's so racist, I have to end racism and so she's a very white girl trying to end racism in her school and so that has a whole other thing with it as well. So it was really cool to see such a, you know, deep exploration of this in what is essentially a really silly show. Um, but yeah, it was a very big mouth in tone in that it really explores all that kind of, uh, but just creepy because it was live action. I guess, but like I said, it, you don't really notice. The only time you get mildly anxious is yeah, when they're going on dates and stuff and you're like, Ooh, what's going to happen? But then you sort of see how they figure that out and you go, Oh, okay. That's not as bad as I was expecting. Good. <laughs> So, solid show. Not as awesome as I would have liked it to be, but uh, but still rate it. I would still give it a watch. Uh, if you do just want to skip to a couple of episodes, I recommend the racism episode, AIM episode, and if you want to shoot for a third, the one about masturbation. So, those are those are my... The three pillars. Yeah. For AIM. That's right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so that's one show that I've watched. Um, another show, well, I've been, I've been watching a lot of mum shows lately, just cause that's really all that's left. Um, <laughs> actually that's not true. Um, two of them are just sort of, I, I really like interesting perspectives about women. So we're starting to get a lot of stories now about, about women that aren't just, um, you know, the super hot wife of some fat unattractive sitcom guy. So Kevin can wait. Kevin yeah. can fuck off. <laughs> uh, who was making that again? Um, you know, she's in things. Um, Anne Perkins. Yeah, Anne Perkins. Anne Perkins is making that show. Um, so that, anyway, <laughs> that's going to be great when that comes out. But the point is that we're getting a lot of, uh, we're hearing some actual female stories now. Hooray. And one of the, the tried and tested things that always comes up is that can women have it all? Can they be mums? Can they have jobs? Can it all work out and be great? Um, the answer is usually no. But um, that brings me to the next show that I've been watching and, and binged pretty hard, Working Mums. Uh, now, have you seen any of Working Mums on Netflix? Working Mums. Is that the one where they all work in a massage parlor and like no. on a rub and tug? No, that's that's the client list with Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> oh, you said they were working mums. Yeah. Doing so it uh, means actual jobs. Yeah. Not, okay. 
Sorry, I thought it was a euphemism. Lorraine, okay. But that other show exists too. I didn't make that up. Well, no, but I was about to start getting mad at you for being sexist. But I, but if you're talking about like street work and okay, yeah, I see what you did there. No, it is not about that. Well, I'm losing interest by the minute. Uh, <laughs> so it stars um, the creator, Catherine Reitman. I think that's how you say her name. Um, fun fact, she plays one of the... Um, thingies in Space Jam. Those little squiggle things. What are they called? The squishy things? The nerd somethings? The the aliens? Nerdbergs? I don't know. Yeah, sure. In Space Jam? Yes. Anyway, relevant. She does, <laughs> she does a lot of voice work, so she was one of those. Right. Way back when. Um, but she does a whole bunch of other stuff too. So it stars her as well as Danny Kind, Gino um, Rinaldi, and Jessalyn Wanlim. And it tracks these four mums who um, pretty much are all trying to overcome whatever barriers they're having. So we've got someone who's trying to struggle with an unplanned pregnancy after already having a couple of kids and being like, oh, God, you know, what do I do? Um, It's got someone trying to want a new life, like they're feeling really stale and trapped in their, you know, family situation. (laughs) Um, And someone else is trying to get like a job promotion. They're quite a high up executive in marketing or something like that. And the other person's sort of struggling with postpartum depression. So everyone's got these own kind of journeys that they're trying to go through, plus also supporting each other and all that kind of thing. So there's these four women who are just trying to, like, struggle and make it through the everyday in this mum group, and the other mums are all kind of perfect, and they're all like, fuck you, Helen. And I quite enjoyed that because it's always fun. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty good. Like, it's um, it was funny, had a lot of really good issues in it. I really liked the unplanned pregnancy plot and character. Um, that character, while probably one of the, the more quiet ones had the most going on, I think. So she's trying to deal with that as well as the fact she's got like a bit of an older daughter. So the others all have babies and she's got this like, I don't know, 10, 12 year old time, not good with kids ages. Um, and she's having trouble connecting with her because they're so similar and she's not sure how to deal with that. And so she was kind of juggling a lot there and, um, yeah, really interesting. You, you don't often see the whole unplanned pregnancy post-marriage thing so it's good to see that get some airtime very pleased um solid jokes i mean the whole show opens with them with their boobs out in this mum's group comparing what they look like now and the leader of the group is like i think we should put our breasts away ladies you have my attention it's not in that kind of context (laughs) so um yeah it was it was really good so i much preferred that to another show i started so i also started Smilf, uh, which you can see on Stan, and I'll, I'll talk a bit more about that later because I've only really watched a couple of episodes, but that's one of those shows which says it's like a dramedy or a comedy, but afterwards you're just sort of going, uh oh, And what man, does Smilf that, stand for? That life sucks. Um, single mother I'd like to fuck, I assume. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll talk a bit more about that later. I'm hoping it picks up, but um, but of of the, the newer mum shows, I would, I would rate working mums, uh, especially if you... Have kids if you're a mum. You might want to relate to this because you'd be like, oh, my God, someone gets it. So, yeah, solid. Working mums. Hey, just tangent. Yeah. Because there was the MILF, and so they've made Smilf. Now, the only difference is they've made her single. So it's like, you know, MILF, it's a um, degenerative term. Mm. But by making it Smilf, it's like it's a little less unethical. Well, she's single. Like it's you know it's well, it's better than yeah. it's not like I'm you know breaking up a family 
lusting after this milf. I mean, I guess. If you <laughs> this, is a, this is an interesting thing because I saw the show. <laughs> you want to look at nuance. <laughs> yeah, because I, I saw the uh, on stand and I saw a milf. Oh, single mum. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a weird distinction. Well, there's many kinds of families. To add to it. <laughs> what can it, I say? It was just an, yeah, it was weird. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Random thought. Mm. Mm. Anyway, so our next thing we are going to both review that we both saw this week is Umbrella Academy. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> All right, dive straight in. Or you want to do a new segment? Um, no, we're just going to talk about it. I've already said the word. So. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Umbrella Academy dropped this week on Netflix. Or was it last week? No, it was probably last week. All right, pretty soon. So I'm going to... Sorry, I'm just on the wrong wiki page. Mm. How did we get here? Umbrella Academy started off as a comic. Yeah. About 10 years ago? By Two... who, T? I'm getting there. Oh, Shit. sorry. 2007, the first issue came out. Oh, it was that's a long time ago. Yeah. So it was illustrated by Gabriel Barr. Yep. And written by Jared Way. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not familiar with Jared Way, he's famous because one day his father took him into the city to see a marching band. And if you don't know who I'm talking about yet, we can't be friends. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. But do you know what this is? Anyway, you're a hater, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. We can't be friends. Jared Way is the singer-songwriter for My Chemical Romance. Look, man, Ghost vs. Emo was a thing, and you're preaching to the wrong side of the fence here. Very, <laughs> anyway, very good emu band. Emu, emo band from back in the day. <laughs> Incidentally, can we get a subgenre of music of Australian emo bands, and can we call them emu bands? Because emu band. <laughs> I think that needs to be a thing. Continue your story. I bet you like the song Teenagers the only one I know. Did I even buy them? I thought it was by the other one. I don't fucking know. Anyway, yeah, That's My Chemical Romance. Yeah, whatever. I thought it was AFI. Same shit. Oh, <laughs> Very different. Former emos, please do not send me hate <laughs> They had a crack at making a movie in 2011. They did? Yep. Hmm. At Universal. But options, but didn't happen. Then went on the shelf to 2015. Greenlit in 2017. Released in February 2019. Here we are. So... How many issues are there of this comic? Like, I feel like you're scattered over this. Oh, six. Six. Okay. And is it finished? Is it closed or is it ongoing? Is it one a year? No, it can't be. Dark Horse Comics, September 2006 episodes. And then they had a second series in 08... And then the first issue of a third series was released. And there's a proposed fourth in development. Oh, okay. So potential for continuation. Yeah, well, they've got room to move. There's a show anyway. But yes, continue. Now, what's interesting about the timing of all this Mm. is... Well, first, let me tell you what it's about. Okay. And then you can probably see why it's interesting. All right. Um, So it's about a family. Mm -hmm. A weirdly assembled family mm-hmm. one day in history in 89 43 women around the planet simultaneously immaculately gave birth to babies immaculately gave birth to babies yeah like dramatically uh, I don't know, do you mean miraculously immaculately means there was no sperm yeah okay so you do mean that yeah okay confusing continue Sorry, you make me doubting my English now. Yeah, they, they, they were spontaneous. They weren't. Okay. They weren't pregnant from partners. All right. Well, because he said surprising, I was like, uh, 
you're looking for the wrong word. Anyway, yeah, so a bunch of ladies had some babies. And then this, cra- this crazy guy enters, and his approach to this, um, what's the crazy guy's name? Hargreaves. Reginald Hargreaves. Yep. He wears a monocle, he's very old-timey, has a twirly moustache. He decides to adopt seven of them. Didn't he put a call out being like, I would like to take seven children born on this day? Yeah, it's all very weird. Freaking weird. Um, <laughs> I follow up questions later. Yeah, so he collects seven of them, and they all have, they're all special. They all have, um, well, most of them are special. They all have superpowers. Mm-hmm. Now, he's this guy's kind of a dick. Um, he kind of. Na- he names them numbers, and they have to develop personalities later. Um, quick rundown on the family. Mm-hmm. We have Luther, number one. Mm-hmm. His superhero name is Space Boy. Space Boy. Yep, we have um, Diego Hargreaves. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I should say they're powers, I guess. So, oh, well, don't maybe don't because you don't want to give too much of the show away. So, right, there's Diego, number two, yep. who's the Kraken. Now, I'm a big fan of Diego because this is set kind of in the future after they were a family of superheroes mm-hmm. and they were vulgar in their separate ways. And Diego's decided I'm going to be a vigilante, but they've made him a really a real obnoxious dick. And he's the one who went, I'm going to go fight crime on the street. And I love it. He's such a Gryffindor. Such an ass. Anyway, that's my thoughts about him. Uh, Allison, number three, the rumor, Mm -hmm. who has mind control, Mm -hmm. sort of. Klaus, number four, the seance. Obviously, if it's called the seance, he can see dead people. Mm -hmm. Number five, the boy. He can teleport and shit. That's pretty cool. The boy. Yeah, the boy. I mean, I get why. Uh, number six, Ben the Horror, who has, like, Fair. tentacles. And seven, Fania, the average one. She plays violin, but mm. the one without powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so this family was raised in this house. They have a monkey butler. Sure. I still don't know why there was a monkey butler. Mm. It was weird. Well, I mean, I guess Mr. Hargreaves needed an assistant, right? His name was Pogo. Yeah, well. And they had a robot mum. Yeah, he looked after them. Anyway, so the setting is in the future, mm-hmm. and the senior... Well, it's not set in the future, but, like, it's... Well, right, they were combined They in the Umbrella Academy. They fought crime... As they children. All, as children. Yes. And they all went their separate ways. Yes. Now they're all back together for the first time in, what, 15 years? 12 or 15 years, yeah. Yeah, and they have to solve a mystery. Mm-hmm. And everyone's got beef and issues and drama unfolds. Mm. So, um, 10 episodes, hour each, quite long. Took me two to warm into it, but it gets quite good. Yeah. Um, and it's about solving this mystery of what's going on, the secret organizations, and I'll be light on details because we're going to go spoiler free. Yes. Because there's a lot of twists and turns, quite mm. a lot of good plot changes and yeah. pace changes throughout. Um, what did you think, Em? I liked it. Again, it took me two or three episodes to fully get in. Um, I could see I could see the potential straight away. It's just that they did sort of faff around a lot. So it would be like 80% faff, 20% good. Yeah. The- <laughs> Solid. Um, until about episode, I would say up to episode three to four is when it started to be compelling the whole time. Um, but that's the most shows now. You've got to get a good 30% into it before anything good happens. Um, I did really like it. What I did like about these superheroes or former superheroes, I guess, 
is um, it was fun because it was all kind of very public, like people knew who they were. Um, and a lot of the superpowers, they're not like, oh, this guy can fly, this guy can move through walls, this chick can move stuff with her mind. Like it was all kind of very unique powers. Half their powers were quite useless. <laughs> well, at first they seemed like, so. Like they're not superhero Superheroes, they don't even use the powers they have that much to practical mm. effect. Like, but then there's good reasons why, which you find out further throughout the series. But it does have me asking a lot of questions, and I did like that because it was something different, you know, because we're on such superhero burn, it was kind of quite refreshing to see some random powers in here. And to see also them reflect some characters that didn't make it past childhood and things like that. Mm. So that was really interesting as well to actually acknowledge that mm. Mm, yeah so they don't use the powers much and some of uh, yeah and for some have decided it's made all very post superhero life yeah which is kind of a theme a lot of shows are doing i reviewed titans which was exactly the same in sort mm. of tone that's why it took me a couple episodes to warm up because i'm like yeah, this yeah. is just titans again so titans was four years post batman and all the mm. b-grade superheroes are hanging out this one was 15 years later and they're all grown up and gone their own ways, and but this is also a little bit funny sometimes too. So it was like it was very quirky, yeah. And I liked that. Whereas Titans, from what you said, sounded a bit more like gritty and serious. Yeah, Titans wasn't funny at all. Yeah. Um. Now, when I described this little story, the rich patriarch of the family organizing a bunch of outcasts to do stuff, this may sound a lot like Doom Patrol. Mm. Now, Jared Way has come out and said he was inspired by Doom Patrol oh, to create this. should be pointed out that this isn't affiliated with DC or Marvel. This yes. is a standalone yeah. thing, which was original series, quite novel in itself. Yeah. And All independent comics are always nice. And there's now a Doom Patrol is now everywhere. There was a Doom Patrol episode of Titans, and Doom oh. Patrol has its own show now. Mm, which I believe is next on our list. More superhero shows. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. That's what I mean. I'm getting such burnout. Yeah, but like anyway. it's lucky this one was quite good and I enjoyed it. Oh, I like it. it was it was very fresh, so I enjoyed. it. I did like that it wasn't DC or Marvel. I'm a bit DC and Marvelled out, to be honest. Like I love them, but I'm always like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's a bit exhausting. Another good aspect of this show. So there's a secret organization whose machinations become clear later on, mm. and you follow two of their agents who are around trying to you know, cause trouble. They're there. Like assassins, I guess. Yeah. And it follows them quite closely too. And they are developed characters and, you know, they're just talk doing their normal day. Then they'll run into the the family and then they'll get into a fight and stuff. And I mm. thought this was a real nice touch. Um, I love, because they're not really baddies. They're just working for the bad company. They're mm. like assassins. But they have their old, oh, why are we doing this kind of thing. Yeah. And I thought that was a nice touch and that worked really well. That was such a weird dynamic and story i did like that yeah it was a bit fresh yeah because at first i was like oh they're gonna be portrayed as like dumb bumbling idiots or are they actually good at their job like what is it it was it was a whole other thing so mm. yeah it was uh it was good i like that um it's like they do a continuation so they're geared up for a second season mm. which is something that rubs me a little the wrong way sometimes you don't like a cliffhanger well it's yeah, it wasn't as bad as other shows where the whole show is nonsense and then they do a cliffhanger. Like, you can do one or the other. It's like what I call, you know, the lost effect. Yeah. Just be vague for ten episodes and then 
do a cliffhanger and it's real disrespectful to your audience. Mm. So they weren't this bad. Titans was a little that bad. Mm. A lot of faff, then a big continuation. That's annoying. Yeah. Don't like that. Mm. Um, And there's this trope that, not just in superhero stuff, but in all sorts of stuff where all the characters are running around doing their own thing and they all have adventures and information and have been in things. Like, oh man, I did all this and that. And this other guy's like, oh, I saw all this and that. Then Mm. they're all in the same room and they're like, oh, how you doing, man? It's like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. And it's like, if all of you talked about your mutual experiences, you could have solved this three episodes earlier instead of all of you moping around. Yeah, but I mean... It was something that made me literally stop reading um, Wheel of Time, very popular fantasy series, Uh, Robert Jordan. And three books in, I went, all of this could have been solved if the characters would talk to each other instead of moping. That's a plot device. I hate it so much. (laughs) Like, hey guys, I I saw this... Anyway, I can't go into it without plot reasons. (laughs) But... Overall, uh, 10 apps, hour each. you got to be in the mood for it. That 60-minute hour episodes. Yeah, it would have been really tight, I think, if it was maybe a 45-minute show. There could, there could have been a bit of trimming. I think if they got it down to 40, it would have been a bit better. Mm. But it is very good. Mm. So it takes a couple to warm up. But I'm a fan. It's got a thumb up for me. Nice. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, I do have some follow-up questions, though. Um, I'm going to try to say them without really giving many spoilsies or anything past the first episode anyway. So, um, so there is a, one of, one of the numbers, one of the umbrella Academy kids, um, is dead when you first start up the show. Like it's an episode one. There's one of them missing. Um, but like you, they never talk about how he died or why he died or where he died. And I really want to know, like, does that have some kind of impact on the character what could have been? What were the circumstances? What did everyone else learn from this experience? So I'm kind of hoping we get a lot more flashbacks of that in season two. Yeah, I think it was more just the fact that you make a superhero collective. Mm. You're not all going to get out of it unscathed. Yeah. And the fact that these were kids and they were bred, not bred, um, trained to be superheroes, yeah. vigilantes against their will. Mm. And there's consequences for that. Yeah. And obviously one of them bit it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I need to know why. Yeah. And on that, like, there's so many questions I have. So you said all these kids were immaculate conceptions. How and why? We don't know. And that's what I want to know. Because apparently 43 women simultaneously, despite none of them showing any signs of pregnancy until labor began. In the scene, scene dot at the start, there's... um. Someone just swimming by the pool, then all of a sudden, oh crap, <laughs> like, baby's she, crowning. Yeah, that's right. That was really confusing. So I was like, wait, was she pregnant a second ago? I'm confused. Was this a terrible editing mistake? Oh yeah, this this, this was a, like, the babies came out of nowhere. So a lot of them were put up for adoption. That's this why is I, like my worst nightmare. This is why they were <laughs> collecting them. It sounds horrific. Yeah. BRB, giving birth. Um, yeah, so that's freaking weird. Like, what, was that some kind of just astronomical anomaly or did Hargreaves have something to do with that did he impregnate them with his mind like what (laughs) happened like this is what I need to know and on that there's more weird shit about him so he's got this monocle like does that have relevance because they sort of talked a lot about that early on like whoa where's the monocle whoa does that have a thing is that a computer is it google glass I want answers 
Yeah, they did focus on that a lot. And then they just sort of stopped talking about it and was like, oh, okay, maybe that wasn't a thing. But is it a thing? We'll never know. Unless we read the comics, I guess. Um, well, I, I read some articles that had read the comics and talked about it, and a lot of the stuff is still quite vague. So. Nah. There's, <laughs> there's so many other questions about him. Like, what what was his deal? Why did he want to do this? We have no idea about his motivations except that he was a giant ass and cruel. And so, like, Why? It's got to be more than a tough love approach to, to training and rearing children. So, Well, he was a, a dick, but he also programmed a super robot that was super caring. So, I don't think that is an excuse <laughs> <laughs> to be an asshole. No, but there's some kind of other motivation there. Like, I don't know. And you, you, you do get a tiny glimpse of, um, of the younger version of him. And that raised a lot more questions for me that I can't really get into without giving spoilers, potentially. Mine was, that made me be like, wait a minute. <laughs> mine was the robot, uh, the monkey butler that talks. Pogo is just like, yes, I'm a butler. I'm the monkey. I talk. There was no explanation to where he came from. He was the keeper of secrets. <laughs> Apparently. like. Well, he needed, like, he needed an assistant. I mean, you could argue why didn't he make another robot, but I guess he wanted a monkey. Ah, <laughs> uh, so weird. Or a gorilla, I should say, or an ape. I don't think he's actually a monkey. My mistake. I don't know my primates very well. Is a chimpanzee? No, oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was also a little unusual. Um, <laughs> I guess. So yeah, many questions that I have for season two. What are you looking forward to seeing in season two? Hopefully, what do you want out of season two? Um, hard to tell without mm. spoilsies. I don't know. Just keep it good. <laughs> Just make it good. Just make it good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I want to enjoy it. Yeah. But next will be, I guess I'll give Doom Patrol a go. I don't know if I have to wait, because I've just seen too much superhero (laughs) stuff. I might go watch some more Adam Sandler movies. Cleanse the palate a little. Cleanse the palate. (laughs) Go watch some Jack and Jill, it'll freshen you up for something. (laughs) Never never again. I was, I was, Maybe I'll go watch some Fast Furious movies. Okay. Or find some rock movies. Yeah. Um, also, oh, have you finished talking about Umbrella Academy? You... Yeah, so it's a watch for me, um, but it is a superhero show very similar to a lot of current superhero shows, so mm. you have to be in the right zone for it, and it's mm. quite long. Yes, yes it is. Okay, moving on from Umbrella Academy. Um, can we talk about Mystery Team? I would like to. Mystery Team? Yeah. Uh, yeah? Yeah, cool. I don't want to review it. I just want to tell people what it is and tell them to watch it. I want to talk a little bit about it because it was like surprise of the century. So didn't you find this on right. some rando? Yeah. So Reddit I'm a thing? I'm a real Reddit Redhead. reader of Reddit posts, I guess. Yeah. And there was um on the cool. movies thread, they were collecting the uh, weirdest, funniest movies that no one has seen. Mm. And I scoured that and found a couple. And one that came up was called Mystery Team, 2009 movie. Crowdfunded. Crowdfunded, that's right. Mm. And starring Donald Glover. Yeah. Um, In what, peak community time? Early community time? Pre-community time, pre- or early at least. Yeah. He, he wasn't, like, his claim to fame was being part of a uh, improv troupe. Yes. Then... So, um, and that everyone in the movie is from that troupe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a bunch of 18 year olds. Are they 18 or 16? Or, well, they're at the end of high school. End of high school, right. So 17, 18. And they have a detective agency that they've had their whole lives and where they solve mysteries. Hmm. For um, a dime. For a dime. And now they're 
grown-ass people, but they're still <laughs> acting quite juvenile and solving these crimes. And then a real crime happens, and they just try and solve it. And that's the premise. Much to the dismay of everyone around them, telling them to grow late. F up. <laughs> yeah. So if you've seen Community and you've seen Troy, Donald Glover's car- character in Community, how he does kind of the juvenile shtick. Mm, how very, he's very boyish. Yeah, very boyish, a bit immature. Imagine that character dialed up to 11. Yeah. And you've basically got him for this entire movie. And Look, it's pretty great, to be honest. It was um, pretty funny. Yeah. They... They have a master of disguise, and they wear a disguise <laughs> in every scene. I forgot about it. Yeah, and they have... One of them is the strongest kid in town, <laughs> and that's his superpower, that he was once the strongest kid in town. <laughs> so no, they get pulled into a real murder mystery. Um, Aubrey Plaza's in this, too, mm. as one of the... Unfortunately, she doesn't get to be, like, full-blown uh, No, Aubrey she's the Plaza. sensible one. Yeah, she's a little bit damsel in distressy, which was unfortunate. But uh, but all, I like seeing her all the same. So I was like, yay. But we get a few little cameos from Ellie Kemper, mm. who you might know as Kimmy Schmidt. And, um... <laughs> what? I just threw one of my favourite lines of, of this movie. Where she just... Because she is another juvenile person in this town. And she just, like, rides off on her bike. And she's like, someone says something smells really fishy down at the fishery. I think it's fish! <laughs> It's like, someone stole a pie. What type? Raspberry. No, it, was, it was boysenberry. Boysenberry. And she runs off. Uh, um, Look, I'm not going to lie. She's one of the highlights of this film. John Ralphio. What's that actor's name again? Uh, um, uh, I can't think of it right now. But Schwartzman? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going to, I keep thinking of the other Schwartz. Josh Schwartz, Jeff Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. I think. Huh. Maybe. Anyway. Maybe. John Raffio. <laughs> so a lot of uh, familiar folk that you've seen in those circles, mm. all adults playing kids really mm. juvenilely. But yeah, um, I'm not going to properly review it, but it is really funny. Yeah. I'm going to properly review it. It's the tits. <laughs> like, um, in terms of overall tone of a movie, it reminded me a lot of Hot Rod. Yeah. It was that sort of, like, improv hilarity and, and juvenileism, <laughs> I guess. They released it at Sundance. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, solid random movie. So if you've not seen it and you just want like a, a goofy comedy to watch and you like that, that sort of movie, like if you like Hot Rod, I will guarantee you will like this movie. It's not as good as Hot Rod though. I'm going to say I prefer it to Hot Rod. Bullshit. Yeah. That's outrageous. Mm. Hot Rod's like the best goofball movie I've ever seen. Mm. Oh, that's, that's I'm, I'm going to go downstairs and watch both now and tell you how wrong you are. All right, we'll do a side by side. We'll get really drunk and we'll watch we'll both. We'll do oh, side by side. I love this idea. Yeah, side by side. We'll get really drunk. We'll watch both. And then we will record a movie off. So if you've just watched, <laughs> I don't know, Titans and you need something to break up before you dive into <laughs> Doom Patrol or Umbrella Academy or something... I highly recommend the 2009 Romp Mystery Team starring Donald Glover. Fantastic. Excellent. (laughs) On that note, uh, we're going to wind up this episode. Please send us a tweet. I still want to hear your early AIM or ICQ handles. And what's your favourite romp? (laughs) Also tell us your favourite romps. And your favourite colour gel pen. Um, 
tweet us at goodpop underscore badpop and as always on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash goodpop badpop podcast. Should we get an Instagram? Tell us that too. On either of those platforms, really. Do we have an Instagram? No, we don't have an Instagram. I guess what, what would you take photos of? Just this. <laughs> yeah, look at my mic setup. It's yeah. so sexy. Yeah. I bought a stand the other day. I built it. It's great. Yeah. We'll probably will put a picture of that on Twitter, I guess. I feel so professional. I have a pop filter so you can all stop listening to my mouth. Well, we had another pop filter on before that. Uh, but anyway. But we've got a stronger one because of my mouth. <laughs> Send us a tweet at goodpop underscore badpop. How annoying is T's wet mouth? The answer is very. We will see you next week. Goodpop underscore badpop is our Twitter. You need an umbrella. Facebook.com forward slash goodpop badpop podcast. Shut it up. See you next week, listeners. Thank you. Trying to do greets.